written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Again, you say, well, I disagree with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't if I were you. And remember who's saying it, whose word we're reading. Comparatively speaking, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. You might think good of me, but I promise you, you don't know me like God knows me, or even my wife and family knows me. Verse 20 of Romans 3, it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The deeds of the law do not justify. You might be really good, Madison, at obeying some of the law, but none of us, none of us have kept all Ten Commandments all the time. There are some some of the Ten Commandments that I'm not guilty of. Hopefully I never will be, but there are other ones I am. And so by the deeds of the law, no flesh, no human can justify themselves in his sight. And then verse 23 of Romans 3, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've said before, you don't have to be the biggest sinner to be in that group. You just have to have sinned once. And all have sinned. And all come short of the glory of God. There is no one that is truly good. I know that rubs our pride the wrong way and that rubs our flesh the wrong way. But that's why I told you, I warned you ahead of time, this is bad news for good people. Then Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says this, Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's not our works of righteousness. Our works of righteousness will not save us. You ever gone to a funeral and you're really not sure they were a Christian? There, there wasn't that much there to prove that there, that it, the person was. But the people standing up and talking about the person says all these flowery, wonderful things about them. Seems like that happens a lot. And based on what I hear in relig- even in religious talk, it's almost like there's only a few people in hell. But you know, the opposite is true. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. Can I just tell you something? Good people don't go to heaven. You say, wait, 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 wait. Did you, did you say that right? Let me say it again. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. Not good people. The entrance to heaven's not good. That's not the qualification. Now, I do believe that all that are saved are made good. But you're not going to heaven and you don't have salvation because of your righteousness. Got some more bad news. John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus mentioned a phrase that's 
that has probably astounded the world since he said it. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto a very self-righteous person, a person who was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. His name was Nicodemus. That means that he was a Jew. He could prove his lineage back to Abraham. He had documentation. And not only was he a, a Jew who could prove his lineage back to Abraham physically, but he also was a Pharisee, which means that he kept the law and no one really could accuse him of things <clears throat> in there. He was a goody two-shoes. But something in Nicodemus's heart was telling him that I need to talk to this man. There's something about this man, Jesus, that is different and is something I, I don't have. And he's he's intriguing me and so he came to Jesus by night in verse 3 Jesus answered and said to him verily verily or truly truly definitely I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God what an odd thing to say what a strange message to give do what except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God what in the world does that mean? Do you remember back when you were born? You remember all that? Remember how hard that was on you? You don't remember that day? You didn't do anything that day, and neither did I, except breathe. But here's what I do know. I can't reborn myself. I can't rebirth myself. It's not going to happen. I didn't do anything the first time, to be honest with you. And I can't rebirth myself. And so to tell someone, you must be born again, how am I going to do that, Nicodemus says. Can I enter into my mother's womb and be born again? What are you talking about? So I've got bad news. You can't even do that. You need to be born again, but you can't do it. And yet the Bible says you must be born again. And then let me show you this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If I haven't depressed you enough, let me give you some more. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. <clears throat> know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, that's people who live together without marriage, nor idolaters, people who have idolatry and idols, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, sinners cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You say, well, well, I don't think I'm any of those. Jesus said, if you look and lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already in your heart. <clears throat> sinners cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's the bad news. And if you're a good person, 
and you think that that's wrong and any of the things that we've read today is not right, you, you need to understand you disagree with the Bible. You disagree with God's word. And so whatever you do and wherever you go, Christian, you need to make sure that you present to everybody you talk to the bad news for good people. Because typically most of us think that we're, we're better than average. Uh, if, if I were to ask, most, most people would say, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person. And, and, and oh, by the way, let me just call a time out here and just say as a footnote, I think most people in here are pretty good. According to my reasoning, you're decent. But good people don't go to heaven. And that's the bad news for good people. And strangely enough, <clears throat> I do believe there are a lot of good people. I said good people don't go to heaven. I do believe there are a lot of good people in hell. If you polled all of their neighbors and friends and family, they would say, oh, he was a good person. He was a fine person. They were, listen, good people go to hell. Because according to God, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. So, if you're depressed with all that, let's talk about the good news for bad people. We go to Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter number 5. And you might be saying, good grief, Pastor, you just basically shattered all my self-righteousness. And I really am not sure I'm a good person anymore. So the last thing I want to do is talk about the bad people. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For when we were without, yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's good news for bad people. And the good news for bad people is that somebody paid for your sin already. The good news for the bad people is, is that you have been paid for. Christ died for us. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. But the good news is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice the difference between the word wages and the word gift. It's not hard to understand. Wages is something we earn. We all know what wages are once we start working. And wages are something we have coming to us because we deserve. The difference between wages and gift is real extreme because gift is not something you deserve. If it's truly a gift, it's free. If it's a gift, you didn't earn it at all. If I gave you a deal, if I made a deal with you and I said, listen, if you'll wash my truck every month, at least once a month, I will give you, I will give you a gift certificate to Cabela's or wherever else you want to go. That might be a good deal, depending on how much I made in the gift certificate. But that's not the same as a gift. If you mow my lawn for the summer, the entire summer, 
and at the end of the summer, I gave you my truck. That'd be a good deal, I think. But it wouldn't be a gift. It would just be a bargain. You earned it. Salvation is not something we can earn. And the good news for bad people is, is that if you think you're really bad and you look at some of the good people and you say, I could never be like them. I have already blown it in so many ways. I could never be as good as the Pharisees. I could, I've already messed up my life and I've already messed up my marriage and I've already messed up my reputation. I couldn't possibly attain what Nicodemus and some of these other guys have. I got good news for you. It's a gift. You don't earn it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. Isn't that what would happen if good people could earn their way to heaven? They'd boast about it. In fact, that's what the people in Nicodemus's day were doing, bragging about themselves. Their, their main claim to fame was, I'm a Jew and I can prove it. I have Abraham as my father. I can show you the documentation. And somebody comes along and says, you need to be born again. It doesn't matter what your first birth was. <laughs> Completely shattering the self-righteousness out of the water. Completely destroying the pride. John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 36 of John 3 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It's simply believing. And trusting in him, it's the only way. Speaking of good news for bad people, that man that was hanging next to Jesus on the cross, there were two of them, one on each side. But that one man who said, Lord, remember me. He said to the other thief, don't you know who this is? We deserve to be hanging on these crosses, but don't you know who the man in the middle is? And he turned to him and said, Lord, remember me. I, I think he was too too humble to say, Lord, could I still go to heaven? But he just said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom, as if, could you at least remember me? And shock of all shocks, this bad person got the best news he ever had in his life. Today. Not after a thousand years of purgatory. Today, Today, because you and I are both dying today. Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. That was good news for a bad person. Acts 16.31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Right now, everybody in here but me is sitting in a chair. That means you are demonstrating some trust in that chair. You're believing that chair can hold you. (coughs) Salvation is when you place yourself on 
him. When you say, I cannot save myself and I cannot trust in anything else but in him and him alone, that's when you place your faith and trust on him. It's simply believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think I'm a good person. I really don't. And if someone were to find out something about me and accuse me of some things that are true, the only thing I could say is, but I found some good news for a bad person. And that is that I can be saved simply by faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven because of him. Bruce DeLang has come through here before and he one time lived in Rapid City. When he was first married, he was not a Christian. His wife was, but he wasn't. He played. He, he plays guitar very well, and he played in the bars years and years ago. He was an alcoholic, a drunk. Years later, of course, he'd gotten saved, and he travels and sings and preaches in churches now. And years ago, we had him over in Newcastle, and he was going to preach for us that Easter Sunday morning. We had some visitors come in for Easter and Bruce stood up and he said, well, I think this is the second time I've ever been to Newcastle, Wyoming. He said, years ago, I used to play in the bars. And of course, I'd get drunk afterwards. And years ago, I went, I lived in Rapid City. I went down to Custer, South Dakota. He said, I played and then I got drunk. I got so drunk that instead of going home, I ended up in Newcastle. So this is the second time I've ever been to Newcastle, Wyoming. That's how he started his message. And there were people in the audience going. But you know what? One day Bruce found some good news for a bad person. And it changed his life. And today and ever since that day, Bruce is trusting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, everybody recognizes and knows that name, I think, but the Apostle Paul was not always the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, if you read the book of Acts, used to be Saul, a Pharisee, a goody-two-shoes, a self-righteous person who hated and detested the bad news for good people. He hated the idea that Jesus Christ was the way and these Christians were on the right way. And so he persecuted the Christians. And he would he, he was involved. He held all the coats in Acts chapter 7. And while they stoned Stephen, the deacon, they stoned him to death just for telling them the truth. And he was consenting to that, the Bible says. In chapter 8 of Acts chapter Acts chapter 8, he started to hail other women and throw them into prison. And he got permission to go to Damascus and arrest more Christians. And that's all. He just hated the Christians, hated them. Until one day God met him and called out to him and saved his sorry soul. And Saul turned to Christ Jesus and trusted him as Lord and Savior and was gloriously born again. And his name even was changed from Saul to Paul. And the Christians at first weren't sure they wanted to trust him because maybe he's just putting on an act and maybe he's just trying to catch more of us. But it became apparent that God saved Saul and made him Paul and now was using him for his honor and glory. And most of our New Testament books were written by Paul, including 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, 
In verse 15, this is what Paul says about himself. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. See, if you're not a sinner, you can't get saved. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then notice what he says at the end of the verse. And speaking of sinners, I am the chief. Of whom I am chief. Of all the sinners I know, I'm the chiefest of them. That's good news for bad people. The thief on the cross is good news for bad people. The story of Paul is good news for bad people. And if you turn with me over to Romans chapter 10, we already read it in John 3.16, but now Romans chapter 10, we see the same word being used. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, by the way, it says with the heart, not just the mind, with the heart, not just the brain, with the heart, faith, the soul, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever, there's that word, just like in John 3.16, whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, even though they thought there was. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's good news for bad people. Whosoever can be saved. Romans 5 verse 1 says it this way. Romans 5 1. Therefore being justified by faith. The word justified, well, it's, it's kind of a banking term. You're justifying the books. You're reconciling the books. Justified means it's all clear. You ever have a huge debt and you finally get it paid off and everything's justified and everything's balanced and equal now? Therefore, being justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have peace with God? I've got good news for you. If you're a bad person, you can have peace with God. I'm convinced that that's probably part of the reason why a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol is they're desperately searching for some peace. A few hours of relief from the guilt and the pressure and the burden of sin in their heart and mind. I believe there are people out there that are desperately wanting peace inside. There are people out there that have way more money, much more money than you and I have, and yet they don't have something on the inside called peace that passes all understanding. And the secret to it is simple, Jesus. Salvation through Jesus Christ. It's not through a new partner. It's not through a new location. It's not through a new drug. It's not through anything. It's through him and him alone. And when we are justified by faith in him, we have that peace that passes all 
understanding. Let me encourage you today. If you don't have that peace, I've got good news for you. You can. You can have that peace that passes all understanding. I, um, I'm sorry that our friend Larry has been in the hospital this week. But here's why I'm not sorry. I know where he's going if he doesn't walk out of the hospital. I know where he's going. I know that his wife knows that, and she even said it the other night at prayer meeting. I know that because a few years back, I think he's 80 now, but in his 70s, both he and Jean turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and found peace that passes all understanding. What a beautiful thing to know that no matter what, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That no matter what, you are forgiven. Salvation isn't a deal where, okay, I'm going to save you, but if you mess up again, that's not salvation. Salvation is born again, adopted into my family, just like we sang about in the song a little bit ago. I'm a child of the king. I might do wrong. I might mess up, but instead of killing me or getting rid of me, he'll just give me a spanking when I deserve it. And oh, I've gotten some. But I've never lost the adoption since the day I got saved. And there's something very peaceful when you realize I'm not a foster kid, I'm permanently adopted. This isn't a temporary temporary trial, this is a permanent thing and a peace that passes all understanding. Wonder if you have that kind of peace today. If you could say, if I asked you, if you were to die today, if today you were to die, you have the peace of knowing where you're going. Well, that's good news for bad people. I want to encourage you with that. Now, I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's some good news for bad people. 2 Corinthians 5. And verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I mentioned Anne, who uh, was here last week. She's out of town this week, but Anne is getting baptized next Sunday. Anne got saved about almost two months ago in the first part of August. The other day when we were visiting with her, Ruth said, you know, I could just tell something had changed. I could just tell something about Anne is different. And finally she said, Anne, did you get saved? And Anne said, yeah, I got saved about two weeks ago when I was stuck at the airport. I heard someone talking about the gospel, the same gospel you were sharing. I trusted Christ as my Savior. After church last Sunday, Anne said, you know, there was two things. One was, I was no longer saying some things I used to say. Something inside was different. She said, secondly, she said, there's something that I do now that I never used to do. She said, I cry. She said, I I cry now. 
She said, I, I get teary-eyed sometimes, and I used to never get teary-eyed. See, when you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Th this is the good news, see? Because someone says, I know what you did. Oh, that's the old me. But I'm in Christ, and I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And verse 21, it says, for he, that's God, hath made him, that would be Jesus. God made Jesus to be sin for us. In other words, God put all of Jesus's, all of our unrighteous sins on Jesus. God made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And many times I will take a, a piece of paper and draw two columns, and on one side I'll write Jesus's name with a perfectly clean slate, and on the other side I'll write my name, and I'll just put all kinds of marks on that column. And I'll explain to the person I'm talking to, this is the record of Jesus that's clean and the record of me that is dirty. And when I got saved, Jesus Christ crossed out his name and wrote mine. And he crossed out my name and he wrote his. And God made Jesus to be sin for me so that I could be made righteous in him. That's good news for a bad person. That's why I'm going to heaven. Because it's Jesus' good news. It's Jesus' righteousness. It's Jesus' clean slate. They're not even going to ask me when I get there. Why should you? Because they already know. But if they were to ask me, just, just hypothetically, why should we let you into heaven? Jesus' righteousness. He gave it to me and took mine, my unrighteousness on him. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made right. That's good news for bad people. That's why prisoners can get saved. I've been to prison. I've been on death row. And I've seen saved men in prison. They're never going to get out because of the crime they've committed, and that's probably a good thing. I mean, that's the law. However, I will see them again in heaven. Because there's good news for bad people. I, I, I've, I've talked with murderers who have trusted Christ as their Savior. Listen, if you're saved, don't let the devil keep your testimony hidden. You tell people the good news for you. You tell them, I was a bad person, and I found some good news. Let God use... That's what Saul was, bad person. God saved him and used his testimony. Now, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I read you these verses. I'm going to read them again because I forgot to read you the best verse in this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I told you about the bad news for the good people. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not? that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And we all know we're unrighteous. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now let's read verse 11. And such were 
some of you. That nasty list in verse 9 and 10. Some of you were that. But now you are washed. The Bible says we're washed by the blood of the Lamb. Ye are sanctified. That means set apart. Ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. If you're a bad person, I've got good news for you. There's somebody that can wash you and justify you. And give you a righteousness you didn't deserve and you didn't earn. And take your unrighteousness and pay for it on his cross. See, the saved used to be, past tense, unforgiven. But the saved are now forgiven. That's the good news for the bad people. Let me ask before we close. How about you? Do you have that good news for yourself? Do you know that you are saved, that you have been born again and forgiven? If you don't know, my wife or I would be glad to sit down with you privately and to share with you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to answer any question you might have about what is salvation and what does it mean to be born again and how can I have the righteousness I know I need and the peace that I want? How can I have Jesus take my sin up for him to pay for instead of me? How can I have that? How can I escape hell and go to heaven? If that's you, I want to invite you to stay here a little bit longer after church today and talk with someone about salvation. I want to invite you to not stop pursuing the question, pursuing the answer to that question until you know that you're born again. Let's bow our heads and we're going to pray. And before we pray,